Well, it's good to be here on a Sunday morning together in church. Do I hear an amen? Good. I'm glad that you're here with me. So we're looking at the book of Proverbs. And uh, today I am looking at chapter 2, which has just been read so well. Thank you very much, Marion. And uh, chapter 2 talks about the benefits of wisdom. And uh, we're just going to recap a little bit about what is the key purpose of Proverbs. And you'll find that if you've still got your Bibles there, if you just flip back to chapter 1, verses 2 through to 4, it says, and I'm reading from a slightly different version because to me I just need to understand it better, It says, their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise, and their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple and knowledge and discernment to the young. So that's a good understanding of why the Proverbs have been written. You get that? Okay, good. So who wrote the book of Proverbs? Hands up. Yes. Solomon. Very good. And uh, we read that in 1 Kings and in Chronicles. And it says that Solomon prayed to the Lord because he was quite a young king at the time when he took over from David, his father. And uh, so Solomon prays for a discerning heart to govern and to distinguish between right and wrong. And the Bible tells us that God gave Solomon over and above what he requested. And in chapter 4, verse 29, it says, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. He spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs numbered 1,005. That's a lot of proverbs and songs, isn't it? And uh, we often hear that Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. And as we read through the story of Solomon we come to read that the Queen of Sheba came to visit him at one stage because she'd heard whispers about this guy. And in 1 Kings chapter 10, uh, as she was leaving after they had exchanged gifts and she'd had a look at all that was going on in that area and had listened to Solomon, as she was leaving, she said, Indeed, not even half was told me in wisdom and wealth you have far exceeded the report I heard. So this was Solomon, a great man who had great wisdom that was given to him specifically from God. So what about us? Well, uh, I'm quoting uh, Reverend Chris. Uh, Just recently he said, Wisdom, knowing God in all practical decisions we have to make in our lives. That's putting it quite neatly, isn't it? So we do need wisdom to make good decisions. And his prayer for us is to live faithfully for Jesus. 
So last Sunday, there was a contrast between wisdom and foolishness. I wasn't here for that, but I've certainly learned a lot about, from my dad about wisdom and foolishness. And I have the scars to tell you, show you. No, 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 not quite, not quite. But the Bible, no, I won't go down that path. That's, that'll be for another day. It does say something about uh, the rod and the child and the foolishness, etc., etc., being driven far from him, just if you want to know. So this week we look at the benefits of wisdom in chapter 2 and to understand what these benefits are, there are some preliminary instructions to take notice of. So if you've got your Bibles open, we're going to look at verses 1 through to 4 because there were seven things, and and seven is a good number, isn't it? Number of perfection. So, number one, listen to what is said. Are you listening? Some of you have turned off already. (laughs) And then he says to treasure these commands, not only just to listen, but to treasure them. And then he says, tune your ear to wisdom. And I thought, well, what's the difference between listening to what is said and tuning your ear to wisdom? Well, oftentimes wisdom comes from so many different areas that sometimes we bypass the things that we've heard as wisdom. And uh, who knows that wisdom can even come from your own children or grandchildren. Or in my case, even great-grandchildren. You've got to just tune your ear to be able to hear where that wisdom is coming from and what is wisdom and what isn't wisdom. So it's a matter of actually tuning in. A bit like school, when you're given your times tables and you thought, oh, here we go again. Now you've got to tune in. And then he says, not only tune in, but then concentrate on understanding. So you can tune in and you can also tune out. But he's saying, no, come on, tune in, but concentrate on this understanding that the Bible gives us. And then not only that, but he says to cry out for understanding. How many of us in times of difficulty and and circumstances that have not been too favourable, we've just said that little prayer, oh God help. (laughs) Many a time when we've come to the end of ourselves, that's the best prayer to pray and say, God help me. And uh, so we start to cry out for for God to help, for his wisdom to come into our lives to help us. And then he says, Search for them as you would silver. Now, I, I, I don't go searching for silver, but Di's son Peter and a couple of mates have now got uh, a claim up out of Rockhampton for a sapphire mine. And so they've been up there fossicking for sapphires. And they found some nice little sapphires up there. But just recently, after all the rains, I don't know if you heard about this, but there's a couple that live up there and they do their fossicking and everything. And uh, after all the rain, they were just walking along and the next thing, he picks up this sapphire the size of a golf ball, for goodness sake, worth millions. 
So guess who's up there still fossicking? Pete and his mates, <laughs> hoping that one day they might just find the, this great sapphire. But, you know, you get the picture. Search for it. Search for them as you would for silver or even for sapphires or for whatever. And, uh, you know, if we search for these bits of wisdom, God will embed them into our hearts and our lives and we won't forget them. And he goes on to say, adding to that, seek for them like hidden treasure. So what are the benefits of these seven things? Well, then it goes on to verse 5 and it starts that word with then. <laughs> you know, if you stick to these seven things and if you go after them, then. So what's the then for? He says, then you will know and understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain the knowledge of God. So what does God know? Everything. The Bible says he's omniscient. He knows everything. So if you hang on to what God is saying, and if you bother to go back to these Proverbs and look for wisdom, guess what? You'll end up with the wisdom of God. And he will help you and teach you how to live righteously, how to live well. And uh, that, uh, that's an amazing thing. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians that we have the mind of Christ. Fancy that. And, and I go back to Adam when he was uh, still around, and uh, not that I was ever there. And, but I do read the Bible back there, and, and God gave Adam the ability to name all the animals. Now, we're going to change a few animal names here today. Give me a name that will describe an elephant. <laughs> we struggle, don't we? Because we all know that elephant fits the image that we get into our head straight away. What about a giraffe? <laughs> What can you call It's a giraffe, for goodness sake. That's what we know. And so God gave Adam way back then this wisdom, this understanding, this knowledge, and we're the benefit. We have the benefit of it today. Isn't that amazing? So, and that's what he says, the Lord grants wisdom. So if somebody grants you something, how many of might have received a grant from, uh, you know, from school or uh, their business or nobody? Yeah, a couple of people have. Good. Did you have to pay the grant back? Why not? Because it was a grant. It was given to you freely. There wasn't any strings attached or anything. And so God says the same. He says he will grant you wisdom. No strings attached. It's a free gift. How many want more wisdom? Oh, half a dozen or so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And not only that, in verse 7, in the first part, he says he grants a treasure of common sense to the honest and the upright. Isn't that good? Man, we love common sense. Trouble is it ain't so common anymore. No, nah, no. Nah. 
If we go have a look at chapter 3, flip over, this will be for next Sunday, but we're going to look at it. Chapter 3, verses 21 through to 26, it says this about common sense and discernment. My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them. This is what they'll do. Listen to this. For they will refresh your soul. They are like the jewels on a necklace. They keep you safe on your way and your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. My wife says I sleep very soundly. Uh, You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked. For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. That's from common sense. Why don't people go after common sense these days? Let alone trying to get more wisdom. If this is what God says he'll do, why don't we do it? I don't know. Well, let me encourage you. (laughs) The second part of verse 7. It says, He is a shield to those who walk with integrity or honesty and purity. And uh, I, I like this thing about shields. You know, the Romans had their big shield and they used to have it so that it was all around them and they could just advance together and, and, and uh, when they were coming to, to do a siege of a castle or something like that, they'd put them over the top and they'd call it the tortoise and they'd all have their shields locked together, one on top of the other and, and walk towards and the things that they sent down from the wall wouldn't hurt them, you see. But I go back to what Solomon did. For when Solomon was building the temple and his palace, the Bible tells us these also made 700 shields out of pure gold. Now that's a lot of gold. But when you consider that Solomon covered the temple in gold and his palace in gold, and the Bible said he made silver just like gold, pebbles on the street because silver was just about nothing so making these shields these 700 shields out of pure gold was an amazing thing and so I thought well why why would you do that Solomon here's the clue when they were going into battle the soldiers would take those 700 shields and they would be in the front of the battle and they would deliberately turn their shields into the direction of the sun and shine that light from the sun back into the faces of the enemy and so the enemy wouldn't see what was coming or where they were going. Ain't that pretty clever? And that's why he made those. And and I thought, wow, if Solomon did these sort of shields and God is a shield for me, what's he going to do for me? He's going to protect me. He's going to face the enemy for me and put him into disarray and make the enemy flee. Hallelujah. I like that. That's a good bit of wisdom. So, and then it goes on in verse 8. Not only will he shield us, but he'll guard the paths of the just and the upright and the fair and protect those who are faithful to him. Isn't that good? Have a look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Some of you already know this and it says, Trust in the Lord 
with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Isn't that a great promise? That's what God says. So he guards our paths, he protects us. And then we go on to verses 9 and verse 11, to verse 11. He said, then, oh, here's another one of those thens. That's a good word. I like then. Then you will understand what is right, just and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy or be pleasant to your soul. Who likes to be happy these days? Hey, a few of us do. That's good. Yeah. Well, if you let wisdom come into your heart and your life, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. That's a good one, isn't it? And so uh, we can understand that God just wants the very best for us. He goes on to say, wise choices will watch over you and understanding will keep you safe. And then verse 12, mm, he says, wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are twisted, those people who walk down dark paths and enjoy the twisted ways of evil. In other words, they're liars. And there are so many people these days that you hear about that are trying to get people to go the wrong direction. And uh, the Bible tells us uh, in Romans chapter 1 about these people. He says, They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die. Yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Have you found that in today's society? So many people are trying to encourage our young people to go in a different direction to what is right and wholesome for them. In the e-news this morning, or on Thursday, I read that Reverend Chris wrote this from Proverbs chapter 14, verses 8 and 9, and I guess he's thinking of the same sort of thing. He says, The prudent understand where they are going, but fools deceive themselves. Fools make fun of guilt, but the godly acknowledge it and seek reconciliation. We need the wisdom of God in our lives to be able to pass on to our children and our children's children, the third and fourth generation, even to our friends, that the wisdom of God will keep us safe and will understand what is the right path to go on or the wrong path not to go on. That's why we need the wisdom of God in our lives. It's all around us. We're being bombarded by these things that will take us off the path of following God wholeheartedly. And it's quite easy for us to compromise. But with the wisdom of God embedded in our hearts and lives, we can be sure that we will walk in the right path. He goes on to say, follow the steps of good men and women instead and stay on the path of, right, of the righteous because there's a promise of security. And then he goes on to say, the wicked will be removed and the treacherous 
uprooted. But where, how do we get this wisdom? I mean, it's so easy to say, well, yeah, I'd like to be a lot more wise than what I am, but how do I get it? Well, that's where that reading from James comes in. And that's a great verse, or a few verses. He says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God or ask a God who will give liberally. He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. So it's not reading the cards or your tea leaves or the stars or the latest trend or what's on Twitter or what the latest superstar is doing or suggesting. No, it's all in the word of God and it's in asking God for that wisdom and he will give it to you liberally. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8 says, Ask, and maybe God will give it to you. No, no. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. We've got a generous God. We've got a God who wants to do good things for you. He, we've got a God who wants to lead you in the right path. He, we've got a God who wants to just flood you with wisdom and understanding and common sense. So I leave you with a little bit of a challenge. And I'm going back to Deuteronomy where Moses speaks to the people of Israel. Very wise, Moses. And he says this, a bit of a challenge. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, or for us, wisdom and foolishness, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, then you will live long in the land. It's, it's like Moses is alive today, don't you think? saying exactly the same thing to us. We need to hear this, Moses. And then Joshua comes along and, and he says to the people, choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And Joshua was an amazing man in that he fulfilled all the promises that God gave to him and took the property that God gave told him to take. Why? Because he listened to God and he obeyed God and did what God told him to do, wisdom. So, listen, treasure, tune your ear, concentrate, cry out, search and seek 
for wisdom, knowledge and understanding, especially from these very practical proverbs. And did you know there are 31 chapters in Proverbs, one for every day of the month. Isn't that amazing? How did God organise that? Well, he's wise and he knows we need it. So here's my challenge as I finish up this morning. That you take time to read a chapter of Proverbs each day and think about what you have just read. It might just change your life. Amen.